This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. Saturday was the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the landmark U.S. Supreme Court case that legalized abortion across the nation. So today in the podcast, we're going to talk about music and abortion. And a note, this content might not be suitable for all listeners. We're going to hear songs on the subject from Latin America and hear how abortion laws are playing out there. Only four countries in Latin America, five if we also include Guyana, right now allow the voluntary interruption of pregnancy. The singer of the Seattle band Taco Cat will talk about taking abortion pills in front of the U.S. Supreme Court as part of the Shout Your Abortion campaign. There's nothing like the feeling of holding up half of a banner that says, we are taking abortion pills no matter what. To start things off, KXP's Larry Mizell Jr. spoke with Ishmael Butler, now Shabazz Palaces, about his song La Femme Fatale, released in the early 90s by Diggable Planets. The song was all about the decision to terminate a pregnancy. And there was Nikki looking some kind of sad with tears falling from her eyes. She sat me down and dug my frown and began to run it down. You remember my boyfriend said that fly kid who I love? Well, our love was often a verb. And spontaneity has brought a third. But due to our youth and economic state, we wish to terminate. About this we don't feel great, but baby, that's how it is. But the feds have this. In 1993, Diggable Planets released their debut album, Reachin', a new refutation of time and space. I had this album on cassette at the time, and it was in constant rotation. I listened to it till the writing rubbed off. Its most popular song is, of course, the single Rebirth of Slick, which won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at the 36th Grammy Awards. I was, however, especially struck by the lyrics to another song, the second track on side B of that tape, entitled La Femme Fitale. The track only featured one of the planets, Butterfly, aka Seattle native Ishmael Butler, who you also know from his work with Shabazz Palaces. On the song, Butler recounts a story of learning of a friend's decision to have an abortion. On the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, I wanted to talk with Ish about that song. Since in the last few years, it's really dawned on me that my listening to this song at 15 or 16 years old was my introduction to the topic and to the political climate around it. You know, is that is that a true story? Is it a personal reminiscence? Yes, definitely. What compelled you to make that into a song? At that time... The sister that I knew that was facing those decisions was close to me, you know, and and a loved one. So being so young and, and like um, thinking about you know one, her own life and also the life of her child was um, to be close to that kind of processing was eye opening, you know, and it. Um, at that time, it was uh, Roe v. Wade was an issue in the in the political sphere, and I was not really tapped in to it. But you heard about it peripherally because it was that big of a, of a thing, you know. So helping somebody through it, going through it, as well as it being in the public sphere, as well as my sort of age and, uh, and coming around to real responsibility and real decision-making and stuff like that. Different than what it was when you was a kid. 
all that sort of perfect storm of um, situation made me want to sing about it you know what i mean move about it yeah no that struck me man i knew all the words to that song i still do and i know i know most of the words to that record wow but that one really stuck in my head and i think a lot of it had to do with even just your delivery of it and the fact that it was just mostly a narrative but it just it struck me and it i've thought about recently about how at a young age that perspective on it honestly a pretty unique perspective to be getting via music mm. on the issue yeah. um you know took hold uh, in my brain honestly man i didn't even think of it as a political song back then like i had no no sort of like notions outside of the creativity on that song which is interesting but um the the, the form of the song is comes from my favorite rhythmic orator of all time, Jalil Nuruddin from The Last Poets, but he had a joint uh, called Jazzoetry that um, I sampled it and, and, and I, I bit the flow off of that one. You know what I'm saying? That the whole style and delivery, you know what I mean? Which for me was, um, you know, very uh, formative that cat was for me. Rhythms and sounds in leaps and bounds, scales and notes and endless quotes. Hey, black soul. Rhythms and sounds spinning around, confrontations across the nation. Your block, my block, dreadlocks. What a shock. Definitely hear that on that song and just. As, a, as part of the DNA of, of how you present. And, you know, you were talking about the political landscape of the day in that song. Um, and I, you've always been a avid political observer. Are you, are you surprised we're still talking about all this and that access is, is, is in danger? I mean, you kind of, you allude to that. You say as much if Roe v. Wade gets overturned and that was in 1993. Mm-hmm. If Roe v. Wade was overturned, would not the desire remain intact, leaving young girls to risk their health, doctors to watch and watch as they kill themselves? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, this enterprise, you know, this is it, it's really it's it's really like white man versus everybody is how they feel. You know what I mean? And in order to sort of like be able to kill have sex with, exploit, steal from, subjugate, or lift up, you know, gift, wh whoever they want, everybody else is, <laughs> everybody else can get raised, you know what I mean? So women, minorities, always going to be fighting against these, these cats, you know, for basic, uh, basics based because they don't want to relinquish anything they want to be able to do whatever they want to whoever they want to whenever they want to and you know that's just how it is have you heard any other songs hip-hop wise like entire songs that are about this subject i have not i don't know any personally i don't know any that really went in to the degree that um La Femme Fatale was, you know what I mean? It was like... Yeah, I'll tell you, I've looked for these songs. I've, I've found songs that, in, that, you know, Tupac did his thing. 
Ever since a man can't make one He has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one So will the real men get up? I think if, if anything was inspired, you know, like to say that that was an inspired moment for me as a creative person, I would have to sort of be like, it was due to my upbringing. I never ever had the perspective that somehow men were capable or, or like had any more sort of like hierarchical consideration than women. Maybe it's because my mother, my, my grandma, I was lucky that way. And I always saw that issue as something that the, the woman um, bared the bulk of the decision making. This song presents a situation where it's a, it's a, it is like, like, like all of your art. It, it talks about a communal experience. Your friend is reaching out being like, I got to bounce something off of you. Mm -hmm. See what you think. I mean, we got We got to rap about it. Mm -hmm. Help me get to a decision on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, and, and that's what people do, always will do, and, and, and should do, and need to be able to do. But to take it off the table as a decision for 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 somebody to make that's that's just a wild undertaking, man. I don't I don't know. It seems rooted in some other reasoning that I can't really reach, you know? Because them same cats will really have no regard for life in, in other areas, you know, of existence, which is always ill. That was Larry Mizell Jr. speaking with Ishmael Butler about the Diggable Planet song La Femme Fatale. And now I want to bring you a conversation between Larry and KEXP's Latin American content producer, Albina Cabrera, about songs about abortion from Latin America and how abortion laws are playing out there. Uh, Albina's from Argentina, where the voluntary termination of pregnancy was recently legalized in an amazing show of uh, uh, solidarity on the streets. One of the most uh, amazing protest activist actions I've, I've ever seen. And uh, so I knew I had to talk to Albina about it. Hi, Larry. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. And uh, yes, it's amazing. I'm from Argentina, South America. So I remember when I returned from Seattle to Argentina, it was like 2019, and that was the moment when, as you said, the voluntary interruption of pregnancy was finally legalized in my country. It was December 30th, 2019. I will never forget that day. And uh, in Argentina, we have a, a powerful political movement, no? Like, we love to go on the street and fight for our rights. But, you know, the legal abortion, it was a very hard fight for many years, decades. Actually, the first draft uh, of that bill to for the legal abortion started in a decade ago or more like 13 years ago. Bueno, in Argentina, we have a, a powerful feminist movement that began to expand throughout Latin America. And I would like to talk a little bit about how is the map right now, like in 2022. Only four countries in Latin America Five, it will also include Guyana, right now allow the voluntary interruption of pregnancy. Cuba, Puerto Rico, Uruguay, and Argentina. 
as well as Mexico City and Oaxaca in Mexico. This is according to data from the Center of Reproductive Rights. And uh, we will see that this small group of countries represent the exception to the rule that extends like, throughout the region that is the prohibition of abortion. But except of particular cases, like risk to the health of the mother or the baby, rape or incest, right? But we are going to talk about this through music, yes. right? Because music has been denouncing this kind of this situations and fighting for more rights over our bodies, like forever, always. And that's why I would like to share with you like three key songs, Larry. Awesome. Great. So we're going to start with a key song of the punk feminist movement of the 90s. This was an, an split called Illegal Abortion Kills My Freedom, or in Spanish, Aborto Ilegal Asesina Mi Libertad, and was released in 1997 by fan people and she devils, like two feminist and punk icons from Argentina. And this EP was one of the first EPs that anticipates the fight for free choice. So this is from People and She Devils. Aborto ilegal, asesina mi libertad. killer song really really love the energy on this i love uh any punk split ep that's yeah got four you know uh songs in eight minutes i love it and that it was serving to bring people uh together and 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 spread consciousness of this issue uh makes it all the better yes and if you um... If you search like an internet that is split, you will find that the art and that is split uh, comes from with a, a small book with information about how to do an abortion. And that was completely revolutionary in uh, not only in Argentina, like in the entire continent. Mm -hmm. As I told you, yeah. we only have like four countries in the entire region mm -hmm. where the abortion is legal. So. Right. And this song is from Argentina, where, again, I mean, I, I have rarely seen activist movements where there's so many people out in the streets. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. Like yeah. really fighting. And that's uh, given me like the introduction to talk about the second song that I would like to share with you. This song is an anthem for Latin America right now and it's from an artist and activist uh, based in guatemala central america and first i would like to talk a bit about that region because there are even five countries that reject abortion under any circumstances the dominican republic haiti honduras nicaragua and el salvador all central america 
So right now, the feminist movement in these countries is really strong. And I hope that we can see changes soon. Rebecca Lane is one of the first rappers that start to talk about it. And the song that I would like to share with you is called Ni Una Menos. And Ni Una Menos, that in English is not one less. Ni Una Menos, it's an important phrase, you know, for the feminist movement because it's not only about legal abortion, it's something that we sing and we fight for, bueno, against the, the violence, Mm. No, and ni una menos, you will see that in many like news on, or in many books or many movies. So um, I hope you enjoy this amazing song by Rebecca Lane, Ni Una Menos. Quisiera tener cosas dulces que escribir Pero tengo que decidir y me decido por la rabia Cinco mujeres hoy han sido asesinadas Y a la hora por lo menos 20 mujeres violadas Eso que solo es un día en Guatemala Multiplícalo y sabrás por qué estamos enojadas No voy a andar con pinzas para quien no entienda Que esto es una emergencia y estamos preparadas No soy pacifista, no me exijan cosas que no ofrezco No pedí un pedestal ni lo merezco soy Another fantastic song, thank you Albina um, And thank you for kind of setting the table on, on where abortion access is and where the fight is at and, and, and where it's even more intense in Latin America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I first moved here, I remember like going to the Women's March and and I was reading about, oh, my God, in this country, the women has the rights on their bodies like the last four decades or more, you know, and that is really impressive for us because right now the entire uh, continent is fighting and, and it's not a fight that will finish with the legal abortion mm. because, you know, the, the patriarchy is always there, is yeah. always ready to change the rules and to go against us. So... Yes, in Latin America, I, I, I hope that we can see more changes soon. And uh, that's why I would like to share the this last song with you, Larry. This song is Mi Cuerpo Es Mío, My Body Is Mine, by the Afro-Cuban queer rappers Crudas Cubensi. They're currently living here in the States. Um, they have been making music since the 90s. Great music and songs. And Mi Cuerpo Es Mío, this particular track is part of the soundtrack of legal abortion in Latin America, for sure. One more time, representing women and queer people. Choices. Great track. And when did this song come out? 2014. Okay. And uh, we're listening like a new version of that song with some collaborations there. And Kudas Kubenzi has uh, been active since the 90s? Yes, exactly. They're starting in La Habana, Cuba, and then they move to the States. I think that 
they are currently based in New York right gotcha. now. But yes, being mm-hmm. active out and proud queer hip hop group uh, in the '90s. That means they were definitely ahead of their time. Exactly. And they started also to incorporate anti-racism mm-hmm. and the um, feminist movement. Mm. So that is something that we really need in Latin yeah. America, you know, because uh, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. But specifically like in, in Latin America, we're a little bit behind on, on that perspective, you know, in the, in the feminist movement. And uh, that is, that is something that fortunately is changing the last couple of years. But can you imagine they were singing about that in the 90s? Right. So <laughs> totally icons. And also like talking about the, the queer and the LGBTQ plus movement. Amazing. An amazing song. And uh, Larry, if we see uh, the current map that we have been describing at the beginning, I think that we must ask ourselves a question, no? Like, what is the result of these political decisions? Right now, the 97% of, of Latin American women live in countries where devotion is not allowed. Wow. And although the data is imprecise because, because this is one of the consequences of being in hiding, yeah. it's uh, estimate that between 5,000 and 10,000 women lose their lives each year from clandestine abortions. God. Yeah. Wow. Well, Albina, thank you so much for talking with me about it. Thanks. This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. I want to introduce you to the work of Emily Noakes of the organization Shout Your Abortion and singer for the beloved Seattle band Taco Cat. Emily and Taco Cat's feminist ideals and sense of humor have helped keep the Riot Girl flame burning. Taco Cat emerged over a decade ago at a time in the Seattle music scene when it seemed dominated by bearded camp counselors singing folk music. They represented a shot of life that helped usher in a whole new wave of women-led bands. Among many other things, their music notably addressed sexual and reproductive health, always with tongue-in-cheek. There's Crimson Wave, which was about menstruation. Annual Violation, which talked about pap smears. Urinary Tract Infection Anthem, UTI. And of course, Plan A, Plan B, all about emergency contraception. Emily is also the music editor for Bust Magazine, as well as creative director for Shout Your Abortion, an organization working to normalize abortion co-founded by Lindy West and Amelia Bono. 
Shout Your Abortion, or SYA for short, began in 2015 as a hashtag, a social media movement spurred by West sharing Bono's Facebook post about her own abortion and addressing the stigma of talking about it. Since then, it's grown into a pro-abortion activist network, an award-winning website, and a book that's empowered thousands of people around the world to share their own experiences. On December 1, 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court heard Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, a legal challenge in Mississippi that looks to overrule Roe v. Wade, the historic 1973 decision legalizing abortion nationwide. SYA was there that day, not just to protest, but to help spread the word on a dramatic development in the fight for abortion access. The Supreme Court is very likely on the verge of overturning the right to abortion, meaning that in the next couple years, abortion will almost certainly be banned in half the United States. However, over the course of the pandemic, changes in FD regulations and advances in telemedicine have opened up a whole new lane, abortion pills by mail. These drugs are safe, they are currently legal, and activists say they have the power to profoundly change the very nature of abortion access. Because all over the world, women have used these pills to end their pregnancies, whether abortion was legal or not. People are in the streets sharing information about abortion pills all over the country. And we're here to stand in this spot in front of this court and take some mifepristone. On the morning of December 1st, a group of women representing Shoucher Abortion, including founder Amelia Bono and Emily Noakes, took abortion pills in front of the Supreme Court and shouted it loudly. I spoke with Emily about the experience. Emily, if you would kind of set the scene of what it was like for you guys out there on that morning of December 1st. Ooh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty powerful stuff. It's a cold morning in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and we're all dressed in black. And there's, you know, there was just kind of this anticipation, like, I've been in activist spaces forever. I've, like, been to marches. I've been, you know, doing things like this, but nothing that is an action action, mm. you know, it's like yeah. a show, like you're putting on this, you're, you, you got to do it right. I'm holding up half of a banner. What if it's upside down? What right. if I fall down? Right. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, a lot of nerves, but a lot of just like, I can't wait to do this because mm -hmm. it feels different. It feels like a shift in tone. Like it feels like we're this really tight crew that's about to do something really different um mm -hmm. and then we did and that was it was special you know and it's like there's nothing like the feeling of holding up half of a banner that says we are taking abortion pills no matter what right. while directly across from you there's like you know 10 people holding the biggest printable holdable signs that are just like gore you know those scary mm. like westboro orc folks that are just yeah. you know, screaming the wildest, just, <laughs> I don't know what their version of religion is, but no God would approve of those <laughs> slogans mm. that they're screaming at women. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a lot of energy, but it felt really, it felt so cool. It felt so good. It was, it was really, really, really life affirming. And you guys all took Mephipristone on the steps of the Supreme Court. Uh, at this historic moment. What does Mufferpristone mean for access to safe abortion in the light of everything going on in the Supreme Court? Yeah, so the uh, four people stood in front of the banner we were holding and took uh, 
an abortion pill and what abortion pills so there's actually two abortion pills that you take together and they're called mifepristone and misoprostol and there is a version of that that you can take one but for all intents and purposes we'll stick with the way that they want you to do it (laughs) Um, and i mean what this means is the pills have actually been around for a while but because of the pandemic there is an opening in just the telemedicine being a thing that more people are going towards for everything so abortion is following suit and that means that for the first time abortion pills are available in all 50 states via telemedicine Mm. they're super super safe and they're about 150 bucks and you can get them before you're even pregnant Mm. so yeah i guess like what is so exciting and what we're we've really been thinking a lot about at shout your abortion this year is just that this changes everything you know making that's just making abortion so 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 much more accessible uh, especially for marginalized communities because of course they're hit the hardest especially for folks in states with like no access limited access they're legal in all 50 states Um, i highly recommend visiting shareabortionpill.info where there's tons of resources, lots of information. You can get a lot of questions answered. There's a lot of links um, there. Yeah, so you can, all 50 states legal, it's accessible for everyone. What that looks like for all states, it'll look a little different for each one, but they are, yeah. And that's something that is here and isn't going anywhere, so yeah. That was my conversation with Emily Noakes, the Seattle band Taco Cat, and creative director of Shout Your Abortion. Here's Taco Cat's Plan A, Plan B. Incidentally, the website plancpills.org contains a wealth of information about abortion pills. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. This is Sound and Vision. That was Sound and Vision. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have the means, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation to support this podcast at kexp.org backslash sound. Thanks for listening.